Who's ever gotten into a conversation with a few people? Maybe it's at your job. We'll just say it's at your job, right? And there is a promotion up for grabs, right? And you start to think to yourself, because you're humble, right? We're, we're, in, in this story, you're the humble one, okay? You're humble. You say, well, you know what? I have the qualifications, right? I meet the minimum age requirement or whatever that might be. I've gone abroad. I have experience. In your mind, you say, I'm the right one for the job. But you're humble, right? You're humble. So you don't say that. Meanwhile, the new guy comes in and, and says things like, oh, that job is mine. <laughs> and some other people might say, well, why? What makes you think? Oh, well, I mean, I have the, the education. I have the qualifications. These are all the reasons why I should do that job, right? What does that do to you automatically? If you're like me, you say, this guy, right? <laughs> we don't like that guy because of the arrogance, right? The assumption that, well, I'm going to be the one who gets X, Y, and Z, and I should be the one because X, Y, Z. And they talk about themselves all the time over and over again and say to themselves, I'm the best. I'm the greatest. And we would say, no, you're not, right? <laughs> let me tell you. And, and maybe you get to a point and you say, let me tell you every reason. Here's a 10-point uh, uh, illustration of why you are not the best, right? Um, we don't like that guy, right? <laughs> it's just natural. You see, we like to think that that same spirit does not infiltrate the safety of this building, right? We like to think that that same spirit does not infiltrate the safety of our friend group or our families or maybe even spouse, uh, your husband, your wife, right? We like to think that that is far away from us. We do what we can to distance ourselves from it, but that spirit of pride finds its way even into the safest of places, in John chapter 13, verse 3, if you have your Bibles, you can open to John chapter 13, verse 3. We are met with Jesus and his disciples. They're gathered together. Why? Because of Passover, right? It's something that the people of that time, people today still celebrate Passover, right? Everyone gets together. One of the most intimate, beautiful things you could do with people you loved, was to break bread together, to drink the juice together. And that's why we love to do it here at church, because we love each other, right? It's one of the, mo one of the most intimate, beautiful things that you can do with someone. However, that spirit of pride that you wouldn't think of all places would find its way into where the disciples and Jesus are, found its way there. We're going to read some verses this morning. So John chapter 13 Verse 3, it says this, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will 
understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I have a declaration to make to you today, and it's based off of some context that I'll get into right after this, but I have a declaration to make to you today. I believe that the Lord cannot, rather will not, save a proud soul. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I believe that the Lord cannot, rather will not, save a proud soul. So why am I saying that? The book of John doesn't detail this detail of the story, but the book of Luke does. Right before this happens, you want to know what kind of a conversation the disciples were having amongst themselves? It was a conversation of pride. Who among us will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You see, we're hanging out with Jesus We like Jesus. He's talking about this kingdom where no more oppression, no more sadness, none of these bad things. So when we get there, I'm going to be second in command. And then like we like what happens around the water cooler, somebody says, oh, you think, oh, (laughs) that's funny. I mean, because I was the first one he called. So naturally, logically, it would be me. Oh, Oh, but remember when Jesus said the first will be last and the last shall be first? right? This conversation starts going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And what happens, right? Jesus probably doesn't like it. I mean, he definitely doesn't like it, right? Some more context, because I love that word. It's like my favorite word. (laughs) Um, More context is that back in the day, right, shoes looked a little different than what we have now, right? Now, you know, if some of you studying at UF, you're taking labs, they won't even let you in the lab without closed-toed shoes, right? Because it keeps everything safe. Back in the day, open-toed shoes were the move, right? <laughs> That's all they had. And as you're walking, right, paved roads weren't necessarily a thing either. So you're picking up dust. You're picking up, you know, mud. There weren't cars, so there were horses and donkeys and camels. And and so you're picking up dung, right? You're picking up urine. You're picking up nasty stuff. Feet are gross today. Back then, it was worse, right? There weren't nail clippers, right? Who knows what their toes looked like? And so this Passover, you had to do something before you really sat down and got into it. You needed to be clean, And so, because feet are gross, we're gross, right? That role, there's two things. One, it's kind of intimate, right? Those are your feet. I'm not super crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not the super craziest, like, I'm not crazy about people touching my feet, mostly because I'm ticklish. Now you know that about me. Don't start tickling me in the lobby, but I am very ticklish. Raquel all the time is like, Ben, you should go get a mani-pedi with me. And it's not like a masculine thing where I'm like, no, 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 not me. It's because I know I'm going to be there the whole time. like, ah, don't touch me. Because I can't, I, it's not for me, right? It's not my thing. So, number one, it's an intimate thing, right? Number two, it's nasty. So, that 
role of washing someone's feet was reserved for the lowest in society, the servants, right? So imagine this picture with me. While they're talking about, well, I'm going to be second in command because I was the first, and, and well, the last shall be first, and well, I'm the tallest, well, I'm the most humble, haha, right? As they're having that conversation, do you think in that spirit of pride that they would then also say, well, man, where's the servant? I haven't seen him. I guess I'll do it. Because those two things in their mind are contradictory. I cannot be the greatest and also serve you in the lowest capacity there is in this room. So as they're having this conversation, bickering amongst themselves, then, boom, the book of John picks it up right there, right? Uh, We're going to read John 13, verse 3 again, with context. I love this, right? In that moment, while they're fighting, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So what does he do with that power, right? He could do anything, anything in the world. In that room, in this room, in this world, he still has that power above all heaven, above all earth. That includes you and it includes me. And with that power, verse 4 says, as he's looking around, just like the disciples noticing, oh, there's a sudden lack of a servant here. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, began washing his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And Peter, what are you doing? We're all arguing about your kingdom. We're, nobody's trying to say we're, the, we're number one. We're just saying we're number two. You're number one and you're, what? It's unheard of. It's countercultural. It embarrasses them immediately, right? And so I say, and, and his response to Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And I say again, I believe that God cannot, rather will not, save a proud soul. You see, in life, and again, in in the book of Luke, it says something to the same effect. We lust after positions, right? Janitor doesn't look so good on a business card as, like, CEO of Google, right? (laughs) We want that. There's There's this want of power, that we have, to be able to call the shots, make decisions, be the biggest presence in the room. It's, 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 it is what it is, right? But Jesus says the complete opposite. In, in the book of Luke, he rebukes them. He's like, this, this argument you're having, this, this want of power, you know who does that? The Gentiles. Ooh, that's like the worst thing you could ever say to a group of Jewish men at the time right? They literally had a prayer, Lord, thank God I'm not a Gentile, right? That's the worst thing you could ever say. He's like, what you're doing is pagan, boom, and it strikes them. God cannot, I think, will not save a proud soul. James 4, verse 6, 
says this. But he gives us more grace. That is, what, that is why scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I'm going to read it again, right? God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. He communicates not just with words, but with actions. Do you want to be the greatest in my kingdom? The greatest of these is the lowest. All power, all authority was given to him on earth and in heaven. With that power, he's the greatest. No one here is arguing that. With that power, he took on the role of a servant. The greatest among you will be the least. Why do we do foot washing, right? Why do we, why do, we do that? Why do we do this together as friends and family? Well, let's look at the world, right? We have a whole, the world's on the, you know, the world's on the brink of World War III, let's just say it, right? It's crazy, and it is, it finds its root cause in pride, right? It finds, every time a group of people is oppressed, say financially, pride, right? Anytime a group of people is oppressed just because, we'll say, this color of their skin, pride. I believe you could trace back almost all the evil things in your life that have happened to you and all the evil things that you have done to other people. We can trace that back to pride. Think about the police and the community, right? What would it look like if they both said, well, let me submit and become the lowest? What would happen if two people tried to fight for the lowest position? What would that look like? How might the world be a little bit different, right? What would it look like if the government and its people both said, well, let me submit and work, let me like find the lowest position. What would it look like in this church, right? Sure, I'm the pastor, right? And sure, we have elders, and sure, we have deacons, deaconesses, we have ministry leaders. What would it look like as a church if all of us and you we're all vying for the lowest position. Well, wow, God says, come on into the kingdom of heaven, because that's what we do here. We strive to do that here. And so today, right, um, there's a lot of awesome things that happen with foot washing, and uh, it's always a blessing to be able to do it with your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, your kids. It's always a blessing. But man, I know that there are some wounds here today, right? Maybe there's somebody here in this church who you haven't spoken to in a long time because back in 1984, they said something about your shoes or they said something about your jacket or they took the last scoop of like beans, at the, you know, something, right? Little things. And we haven't spoken for a long time. Or, or maybe it's something serious. God forbid, right? God forbid. I haven't been here too long to know everything, but I do know that there is hurt here, even among families, right? And some of y'all might be here together. You weren't having a good time at home before you came to church, right? It happens. It happens. I want to challenge you today, right? 
Listen, if you came with your husband and your spouse and you are just wonderfully in love, awesome, right? (laughs) We love that here. But if there's someone here who maybe you say, well, out of my own pride, or maybe even, dare I say, out of their own pride, because you might say, well, I don't want to do, I don't want to make the first move because they're the ones who hurt me. And so they should be the ones. And, and again, logically, that makes sense. But man, God offers, Jesus offers something totally different where he says, listen, all authority and power is given to me, right? In your situation, you might be saying, well, I'm in the right. I have the authority. I have the right to wait for an apology. What does Jesus do with that kind of power? He serves. So today I want to challenge you, right, as we break up from here and go to our separate rooms and do that thing, wash feet, pray with one another. If you feel something tugging on your heart, right, I believe that's the Holy Spirit asking you, pulling on your, you know, on your coat and your, your, your collar here saying, make amends, serve, right? Love, serve, grow, go. <laughs> you can't grow, you can't go, you can't love without service. Serve someone today with a servant's heart. That's my challenge for you today. Let's be like Jesus in all things, even when it hurts or is uncomfortable, right? So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray with you, and then I'm going to, see, because I remembered, I'm going to give you some extra instructions on how to get out and know where you're going, and then we'll come back here. So let's bow our heads. Our most kind of Heavenly Father, wow, thank you for an example through your son Jesus of service. God, thank you for the example of your son Jesus on what we should do with power. God, we ask that as We don't mean to do it sometimes, God. We just kind of find ourselves wanting that position. And Lord, maybe some of us have that position. We're respected at work, and uh, we're the leader of our household or, or, or anything like that, God. Lord, may we remember your son Jesus. May we serve. May we serve, and that be our most influential form of leadership. Lord, equip us to do that. God, today uh, we put a challenge out there, and I ask that your Holy Spirit work on the hearts of people who need it the most today. Somebody maybe here who they are not talking very well. They're not, uh, they're not as close as they used to be. God, may today be the day of reconciliation and recovery and love for that group of people. God, may your Holy Spirit cover us all. May you cover us with your grace and love. In your name, amen.